0: Well, I forgot to hit record, so uh, yeah, sorry for all you podcast listeners out there, but uh, we will we'll be going over a whole bunch of topics there, but um, I was doing my due diligence and noticed that there was a ton of new discs that was released late yesterday. Thank you PDGA for putting me under the gun, I really appreciate it, but that's not that big of a deal, because we still have a whole bunch of stuff to talk about here including the fastest sport around the all-star weekend which was held this past weekend february 20th and 21st uh might have also been that friday i don't recall i don't have disc golf network so i could not watch this live so i'm catching the uh, little snippets here and there and it looks like it was a fantastic time we're gonna get all into that chris dickerson had an amazing putt we all need to uh to watch this It it was it was ridiculous New Player of the Year and Rookie of the Year formulas. In case all of you uh, budding pros out there don't know, there is a new formula out for that. So uh, yeah, we're uh, we're gonna get into that a little bit, just a little bit. And um, yeah, what else we got here? We also have, like I mentioned, a host of new discs. So uh, let's go ahead and get right into it Eh, well let's let's talk about the weather a little bit here because it has been ridiculous ever since last week um my my heart goes out to those in texas and uh the plains area there that was rough you guys lost a lot of power a lot of you saw cold that you're not used to um hope everybody's safe out there hope everything's going all right uh really scary situation out there um hopefully everybody's all right it looks like things are warming up in texas and um seems like they've got the power back online fortunately living living in the uh, upper midwest here used to the cold and we are better prepared for it we have things like plow trucks and salt and insulated electricity and that's just not something texas uh texas has to deal with ever really like they don't it doesn't normally get that cold so hey hopefully everything out there is going great other news personal stuff that's going on here kind of falling behind on some of the uh, daily digest stuff on the podcast side so if you guys are listening to this looking for that thinking you missed something you didn't um i haven't been banned i haven't done anything i've just had some things going on and i have run out of time in my life and uh, this is a hobby this is something i love to do but uh sometimes you just gotta you gotta cut out and make time for other important things in life and um sometimes your hobbies fall to the wayside even when you have a, a handful i've got at least according to anchor six people who listen to this regularly so thank you all six of you and no you you six The six. I've been watching a lot of the boys where they talk about the seven. So the six of you are fantastic people. Love you all. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Always love to get constructive feedback. You can always find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe's Disc Golf, which both of those have been kind of lacking as well. I've been focusing, kind of just taking one stab at this, and my stab right now is with this live podcast. Hopefully going to get a few things more, uh, believe it or not. I've been getting more into the shorts, and after watching The Spiffing Brit, which is a completely balanced YouTube channel with zero exploits, I have learned that I should be putting my shorts on a separate channel. So technically, yes, I have started another YouTube channel called Joe's Disc Golf Shorts. Real creative. Super, super duper creative. It's a spinoff of Joe's Disc Golf YouTube channel, if you didn't know that which is also based on Joe's Disc Golf Podcast. Can you see a theme? There's Joe's Disc Golf Instagram and Joe's Disc Golf Twitter. I don't know if there's a theme here or not, but um, if you can figure it out, let me know. Don't worry, though. Shouldn't be too difficult. Um, Any which who, what was I even talking about? Wow, talk about a tangent there. But uh, uh, so the, the short story is that it is better to put your shorts on a separate channel. So technically, yes, I have another channel, but I'm not really doing anything different from other channels, uh, my my regular channel stuff. So thank you all for watching. Go ahead and subscribe over there if you are interested. That's YouTube. You got to hop on YouTube. I'm not big enough. Once I hit, what, a 1,000 subscribers, then I get to have my own custom ur- uh, URL, which will be Joe's Disc Golf Shorts or... J D G S, um, or Joe's disc golf, whatever, whatever works, whatever's free and available that I will take from YouTube, but I need to get a thousand subscribers, which on that channel, I only need 998 more. And on my regular channel right here, I only need 989 at the time of recording. So we're just a couple away. If you go ahead and hit that subscribe button, you'll be helping me out a lot. I feel like If I hit a 1,000 subscribers, I'm going to do a giveaway. I'm going to give away a couple discs. Um, I've got some interesting discs that I would not totally mind parting with. There are certain ones that are are definitely not going to go away. Especially my next-gen, that's my next-gen Gladiator, Goldline Gladiator. I don't throw it, but that is a really cool-looking disc. And there's no way you're going to... You'll have to pry it out of my cold, dead hands to get rid of my uh, uh, Mislin or Rakuten. Uh, those are just really cool discs to have, but I'll be looking at it. Maybe uh, throwing a bounty. If I can get my hands on the Emac Judge, I do have at least one loft hydrogen putter coming in. So maybe, 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 maybe getting one of those out to you guys, but that won't be until I hit a thousand subscribers. So go ahead, hit that subscribe button, like, comment, share this with everybody. Once we hit a thousand subscribers, We'll be giving away a couple discs. I will get that all entered and figured out how to do a fair drawing with zero exploits. Thank you all. Let's get into the rest of our story now. So our stories are the fastest sport around. All this info comes from the wonderful, the amazing, the little known app that you guys probably have never even heard of. Don't even know if you've used it. It's a small time app. Uh kind of new. I think it's only been out for like a couple months here. Udisc and UDISC Plus. That is, if you are a PDGA member, you get U Disc Plus for free. I highly encourage you to sign up for the PDGA. You get a lot of benefits. It's 50 bucks for a year. Um with that, you get if you're a new member, you get a couple you get a disc, you get a mini, you get a rule book. Highly recommend reading that rule book, especially if you're gonna go into a tournament. You get that. You get a discount on the Disc Golf Network subscription and a few other things like that. Your money also goes towards expanding the sport, getting like the deal they signed with the Disc Golf Network with the DGN so you can see more stuff live. I haven't signed up for it yet. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to try to do that. Um, If you go ahead and feel like this is a good enough podcast, a good enough stream, a good enough host... Please, I'm desperate for your adoration. Go ahead and head over to anchor.fm slash Joe's Disc Golf. Yes, that one. I do have a custom URL because Anchor is awesome like that. Thank you, Anchor. Uh, go ahead and if you feel like I'm doing a good job, you can give me a buck, five bucks, or ten bucks. Those are your options. That's Those are do- default. I can't change them. That's an Anchor thing. Don't look at me. But if you're so inclined, you can set up recurring donations to help keep this podcast and streaming alive hopefully get things in a more stable state with that more disc reviews more awesomeness i want to get more disc reviews done but um i kind of have a budget and on top of that we still have over a foot of snow all the t-pads are iced over got to get some rock salt out there because yeah i don't um I can't get out there and I don't want to try to throw a disc and slip and fall or have terrible footing and just not give you guys an accurate representation of what the disc actually does because that's the last thing I want to do is go hey this disc sucks and it's you know I don't know EMAC truth and that is probably the signature disc of dynamic discs at this point Um, it's very straight reliable mid-range but if you have terrible footing it doesn't matter what you're throwing. It's probably not going to fly like it's supposed to fly. Any which who, let's bring this back around to the fastest sport around. Yes, we are at. Uh, oh, crap. Uh, ah, there it is. I'm writing myself some notes here to make editing much faster in the future. Bringing it back around to you, Disc, All this info comes from them. Last year in 2020, 50 million rounds were played. 50 million were played. 140,000 rounds per day were played. That is 100 rounds every single minute of 2020. 100 rounds. That is crazy. And that is only what was recorded by UDISC and by UDISC emissions and the program. Uh, that was called uh, "Help Grow the Sport," uh, where they did this in October, I want to say, where they recorded, had people go out and, uh, you know, self-report how many rounds you're playing. Really good idea. Um, trying to get a number of how many people are actually playing, and that was only really counted by people playing disc golf with UDisc and recording those rounds with UDisc. So there's some interpretation interpolation of the uh data. I gotta crunch the numbers and do all that nerdy stuff, Mm -hmm. mm-hmm. have maven. with the lady and the girls and the the discs and the golf Anyway That was that so that was a nice little snapshot. Now obviously October in the United States can be a little hit or miss. Um I doubt there's much disc golf being played in October In Alaska, however, in Florida, Texas, that's prime time right there. You've beat the heat of the summer. It's great. In the Midwest, it is hit or miss. One day it is 55 degrees, the next day it is 20 degrees, and that kind of swing is just not that fun. On top of that, big wind conditions. But anyway, who? That is that is kind of what they did to try to capture how many people actually play disc golf. Now. It is estimated that 36 million of those plus or minus a million are in the US. 15 and a half million plus or minus 500,000 were the rest of the world. So, USA, USA, we're the best at playing disc golf. We also just have the most. So, go us. Just like we're the best at basketball because not that many other places play it. We're usually the best at baseball, but uh, Japan actually does a really good job, and a lot of Latin American countries do a really good job, too. Uh, We just have the money to pay all of those athletes. That's why everyone wants to go pro in the U.S., except soccer or football. Then you go over to Europe, where that is life. Here, it's like, yeah, it's a thing. You know, it's there. Those numbers, like I said, were based on those participating in the Count the Sport initiative. I'm going to guess that's going to turn into an annual thing. There's no mention that they're going to try it again next year. But it is estimated that about one in five rounds is scored in UDISC. So that's not too too bad. Um, Now, I don't even record every single round. If I'm going out to specifically work on something... If I'm going out to go, all right, I am only throwing backhands. I'm not going to throw forehands. I'm not going to record that round because it's probably not going to go well. Because there are certain courses and certain holes that you know that if you have a forehand, that is the way to go. A backhand turnover shot could get you there most of the way, but however it's set up, a forehand is the way to go kind of thing. Or if I'm only going to throw or from practicing rollers. And I know there are a couple holes where a roller isn't necessarily the best option, but it's wide open, it's flat. I can work on just seeing how the disc flies. And I could do it from a normal situation. I'm not going to I'm not going to record that round because I'm working on things. If I'm doing technique focused skills and technique focused play to improve my game, I'm not going to record that because my scores are going to look like trash because I'm not going to do As well because I'm focusing on some minutiae of my form. Where I'm trying to, I don't know, uh, really lead with my elbow instead of it, like, you know, most of the time leading. But this time I'm really focusing on it. So I might throw three or four shots from the tee just to really enforce that. So that was also a little life tip there. They broke everybody down into four categories. They decided to separate us all based on our rounds per year. Casual disc golfers make up about twenty percent of those who use disc golf or u disc and play disc golf um uh no sorry uh this is casual disc golfers are who use u disc and this is five to ten rounds per year that's twenty percent of people that is a sizable portion right there. Good for you guys. I'm happy. go out there go and have fun. who cares if you record it like it's it's always fun to go out with some buddies and just have fun like. Don't record. You just go out, relax, shoot your shot, and have fun. A regular disc golfer is defined as someone who records about 20 rounds per year, give or take. That is 30% right there. 50% of disc golfers play between 5 and 20 rounds. That's pretty solid. Now, if you are a dedicated disc golfer, that is 34%. This is the single biggest category that they have. And this is all um, of playing at least one round per week. So you're going to play 52 rounds a year, give or take. You know, you play once a week, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. You know, maybe one week you go out three times, but next week you don't go out. So you're playing around 50 per week. That's pretty solid. Now, if you're a hardcore disc golfer, like, yours truly, brother, we've got the hardcores. Bonesaw's gonna get you. That is 16%. You record, you record multiple rounds a week. And now, here's, here's a fun fact that they found um, when looking at our data. So, yes, they do look at your data in a broad sense of, I don't believe there's anything too trackable. It doesn't sound like they look at what courses are played, but they do have some of that data. Um, you can look. There's an interactive map on udis.com slash blog, and at this time, it'll be a couple down um, where you can see the hotspots of the most popular courses around and the most recorded rounds, but there is one individual who recorded not 100 not 200, not 700, not 1,000, but 1,579 rounds in 2020. Almost 1,600 rounds in 2020. Do you know how many rounds per day that is? That is 4.3 rounds per day. That is absolutely insane. I don't know how this guy or girl, whoever, still has an arm that is ridiculous Four over four rounds a day. My arm is just tired thinking about it. I struggle when I go and play tournaments and go, there's two rounds. All right. Two rounds of uh, what was the worst tournament I played? It was they added. How many holes did they add? I think it was they added 12 holes. So it was a 30 hole course. And there are two rounds, 60 holes in one day. That was rough. And, uh, fortunately it was a shorter course, but still four over four rounds a day. God bless you. That's, that's all I got to say. God bless you, man. Good job. In January, 2021, uh, is up with players recording rounds by 250% compared to January, 2020. Now remember January, 2020 the Rona was just barely even mentioned. They're like, hey, there's this like thing in China, maybe. We're not sure. It's not a big deal. No, nah, it's it's whatever. It's not going to become anything big in China or in Europe or the US or around the world. It's pandemic. No, no, you silly gooses. What's that? We haven't had one of those in a long time. So remember back to January, we were all normal. No masks, no social distancing, no nothing. And so January is up 250%, and we still have lockdown conditions in some areas. So that is insane. Just wait until all these restrictions are lifted. Imagine how disc golf is going to explode. It will... There, There is a little caveat with this, though. It does remain to be seen if this will hold, because as I mentioned, there are lockdowns. So. As people get back to work and there's a sense of normalcy, will all these people still want to play disc golf? I hope so. I really do. I hope they they really want to play disc golf. I hope that they get more people into it. Uh, Some other fun facts here that are in this uh, report, that 91% of courses are free to play, which is awesome. Although I hear they're talking about microtransactions, where if you want, you uh, pay an extra five bucks and you get a few extra throws that don't count against you. Um, And don't worry. All of the surprise mechanics are totally legit. And you're just, it's just for cosmetics too. There's no way that this is a pay to win scheme. Yeah, that's probably not going to date well. Um, Thank you, EA. I salute you and Ubisoft and all those video game companies who are screwing us out of our money with surprise mechanics but I digress my other interest is video games what's nice about disc golf though is it is a low barrier of entry the the cost of buying a starter pack is really low say what you will about Inova and their crappy starter pack but for 25 bucks you get a putter a mid and a driver That's more than most people need. I'm a big advocate of just a putter and maybe a mid to learn your form. And I know other companies are doing that too. I think uh, Dynamic Discs and the Trilogy brands have that. I would be shocked if other companies don't have some form of here's a starter pack. You know, here's something. It's our cheap plastic. Don't hit too many trees, but you're probably not going to, hopefully not trying to learn on a course that has a ton of trees. Hopefully, you're going to the field, learning your technique and that kind of stuff. So, hopefully, that helps, you know, get more people interested. Like I said, low, low cost of entry. In 2020, three and a half courses were built every single day. That is a ton of new courses that we've added. Some other very interesting stats. 50% of all the courses are at public parks, which makes a lot of sense. I think... Um, off the top of my head, in Fort Wayne, there is only, there are two that are not at public parks. One is at a university, and one is at a seminary, and that one's not built yet. Uh, well, it, it's half built. There are nine holes. It's like holes one, two, three, four, five, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. 17, 18, 15, 16, 17, I don't know, whatever comes up to 9, and it's not... It's not 1 through 9 or 10 through 18. Uh, it's something goofy, but it is a monster of a course. And there is one hole that is 1,100 feet long. I think the hole average for that course is somewhere around 450 feet. So monster championship level course. Excited once that's finished. Any who, 212 golf courses. 212 disc golf courses are at golf courses. Sorry, words are hard. Just like saying the PGA and PDGA. The words are hard, okay? That's just how it goes. But, anyway, we've got 32 disc golf courses are at wineries and breweries. I really think that there are a lot of wineries in Indiana that are missing out on a huge, huge money-making opportunity here. because. A lot of disc golfers like to drink. I'm not saying we're alcoholics, but we do enjoy our beer. And I'm sure that if there's some kind of deal where it's like, buy, play around and turn in your scorecard, get $2 off a bottle of wine or something like that. I'm sure we would be wine drinkers too. You know, um, it also helps that if you're there, it will help you to forget or celebrate your most recent round. Because you might be toasted going out there anyway. Who knows? Um, 658 courses are at schools and universities. And we've got two-ish. I think a seminary. It's a school. It's college for priests. So um, yeah, I'd say that would count. And 153 are at ski areas, which is really cool. That uh, I really want to get out and play toboggan in Michigan. I'm only a couple hour drive from that. And that is one of my destination courses for this summer. I will get out there. I won't be able to play the tournament out there because of a scheduling conflict. Darn family members getting married. No, friends getting married. Darn friends getting married. Have to be there for their wedding. It's like, you know, I'm happy for them or something. But for whatever reason, I have to go to the wedding. And I already talked to the groom. And he said his wife would murder him. Well... Fiance would absolutely murder him and torture him slowly if they tried to do anything around the wedding with that. So, unfortunately, I will not be attending the uh, fantastic tournament at Toboggan in Michigan because of a wedding and threat of death on the groom. But I understand my wife would uh, kill me slowly if I did anything like that as well. 77 countries have disc golf courses. That's a pretty substantial part of the world. I think there are 180-ish countries, uh, so alright, we're, we're getting up there, we're getting close to half. 7 out of the 10 most played courses are outside the US, 15 of the top 25 are in Europe, and 1 in the top 25 is in Canada, Hey, eh? so that means 14 of the top, nope, math is hard, 9, I kept thinking 30, 9 of the top. 25 are in the US so uh, we need to uh, we need to get out there start recording some more rounds the other kind of other thing there is generally speaking in Europe there's less space we are very blessed in the. US to have more space so we have more courses more options so there are going to be fewer courses that are getting played more often in Europe so that's that's just kind of how that uh, how that goes but Good on you. Good job. I'm very proud of you guys. So it's really hard to argue with that this is the fastest growing sport. Um, I don't know anyone else like baseball, football, basketball, hockey. Those are all growing, but they've been around so long that everything's kind of peaked. So you're not adding nearly as much. Same thing with volleyball or anything like that. Ultimate Frisbee is still growing too, but because of the nature of that team sport... A lot of people didn't want to play it, because you're all touching the same frisbee. Now, here with uh, disc golf, it's uh, usually frowned upon to touch another man's disc, especially if it's not in the basket. Well, I think it is time to move on to our next fantastic topic here. We've got the disc golf Pro Tour All-Star Event. That was a wild ride. From what I've seen from the clips, it was absolutely crazy. So what they did was day one was, or round one, I think it was, uh, yeah, I think it was day one, you had doubles. The front nine was regular doubles, best shot, and the back nine was um, doubles, toughest shot. They didn't say worst shot, but toughest shot. I, I still don't understand how... Um, uh, it would be considered toughest shot. How how do you make that distinction unless it was very clearly like, alright, you, uh, you know, somebody, your, your partner parks it and you throw it OB. Clearly you're going to take the OB shot because that's just going to be harder. But if you have two that are in the fairway and not an obvious like, yep, you're pinned against a tree or something along those lines, I don't know how you decide what the toughest shot could be especially if you get someone paired together who's, you know, a backhand player and a dominant forehand player, you're going to have a hard time finding a tough shot, because for one of those guys, most likely it won't be that tough, unless, again, you end up in the weeds, you go OB, something along those lines. From there, those partners then go to, everybody goes to day two, and you're split up, you're playing singles, but you keep your score from yesterday, so Uh, Macbeth and Heinberg were together and they shot six down. I think it was six down. Any which who they both start at that score and all that. So there were six, uh, people. So three pairs were tied at the start of the day. Uh, Oh no, sorry. Uh, Macbeth and Heimberg were not on the same card. Uh, did get out to a one stroke lead on Macbeth, uh, which is pretty crazy. Good job, Calvin, out there. Uh, Unfortunately, he missed, Calvin missed the, uh, uh, missed a putt high to seal it, to seal the win from Circle's Edge. Now, I can't, I'm not great from Circle's Edge, period, let alone winning a tournament against Paul Macbeth. Yeah. You want to talk about a little pressure? Just a teeny weeny little bit of pressure there. So he missed high and it rolls away down a hill. Macbeth, in true Macbeth fashion, if he can see the basket, he will hit the basket, nails it. So this forces Calvin to come back and actually make a 30 foot uphill putt. And he does. Dead center, chains, boom, nails it. In, crowd goes wild. We've got a playoff. This is at Fountain Hills. So this goes to their signature hole where Macbeth, in true Macbeth fashion, Parks it. Just absolutely destroys it. And. Einberg goes short. Left into the water. Um. So unfortunately. Calvin lost. He got second place. Macbeth took first. And Dickerson took third. It was absolutely amazing. Crazy. On the FPO side. We had uh, Kona Panis and Katrina Allen. Were tied going into the day. Allen. Unfortunately, went out of bounds twice on hole 9. Up to that point, those two were tied and it was a dead heat. Out of bounds twice on a hole. That that is just that is some bad like the first one, that's some bad luck. The second one, that's a mental game. And I'm coming out hopefully with a video in the next couple of weeks here about how to improve your mental game because besides asking how to get more distance, that is something I get asked a lot. Mental game. How do you do something with your mental game? Sorry, I've got a bit of a cold here. Back to the story here. So, Panis, then, on hole 13, decides that uh, she's going to absolutely dominate and throw in a birdie from 190 feet on hole 13. 190 feet. Kona Panis wins by two strokes, which is... Awesome. That is fantastic. Still, two strokes is nothing. That can go away again in one hole. I mean, look at what happened to Katrina Allen. One hole, she goes from tied to two back. So, one hole, that changes everything. On the FPO side, our top three finishers were Kona Panis, Katrina Allen, and Paige Pierce. I was a little surprised to see Paige back so far, but uh, I didn't check out the scores, so I'm not sure what happened if she was that far back to begin with and had to make up a lot of ground. You know how those things go. Unfortunately, like I said, I did not get a chance to watch this. I don't have Disc Golf Network. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to catch too many events live. Now, let's get into some fun, exciting stuff here where we're talking about. Let's get into some exciting stuff where we're talking about Chris Dickerson's amazing putt. Let us uh. Let me see if I can pull this up here. Da, 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 da. Let's do this. We're transitioning, transitioning. Here we go. Can I make this any bigger? No, I can't. I am so sorry for you guys. But anyway, too, I have it up on Instagram. If you go to the Disc Golf Pro Tour, you can go ahead and check this out. Look at Chris Dickerson's putt. He looks like he is somewhere about circle's edge give or take it's really hard to tell right now uh because this image is so small i'm on my computer so let's go ahead and check this out so he's about 30 feet out chucks it from behind the trees into the wind it goes off the top of the basket it's a raised basket goes off the top of the basket goes past but the wind is coming at his face and so it pushes it in the backside. It goes in the backside of the basket. You just watch this thing. It hits the top and it goes up almost straight vertical and the wind pushes it right back into the basket. How many times have we seen that where you've gone and you've thrown it and it does something like that? You're like, huh, maybe it might go back in. and It never does. And you're just like, nah, this, nah, 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 I ain't gonna, what? That went in. Yes, that was a real sentence that I had there. That's just so insane. I can't believe that he did that. It was, I know he's a pro and everything, but let's watch this again. Look at that. Bloop. And in, in. Just, what? I, I don't even know at this point. Man, that's, that is some crazy stuff. I wish I was half as good as Dickerson, to be completely honest. Like, just in general. Not even with that putt. Because there's no way that you can practice that. That is all 100% luck. And I mean, good for him though, but that's, sorry, hit the microphone there, but that is, that is great for him. Good for him. Like, I don't even know at this point what's going on, but, uh, let's, um, I thought you all should see that and, uh, yeah, go check that out and watch that. It's you'll, you'll watch it for hours. It's amazing. So let's move on to the new player of the year and rookie of the year formula. So the current system that was all set in stone and used up through this past year, through 2020, uh, was developed in 2007. Now, disc golf back in 2007 was a completely different animal. It was very, very, very different where you didn't have these elite series tours and these major pro tour events where... It was very clearly defined, like we have now, where you have these major events and where you have all these huge national events that everybody looks forward to. The Disc Golf Pro Tour, the National Tour, the Major Series. So the system originally relied heavily on the A and B tiers because that's what everybody, that's what the pros would play. The A tiers were the best and the B tiers. Nobody talked about the C tiers because generally you're not getting that high level talent. You're getting a lot of local guys. Maybe some people within an hour or two. That's what I'll do to drive to a tournament for a C-tier. I'm not going to drive halfway across the country for a C-tier unless you're paying me. You got to pay my way. Where's my money? Give me my money. So, in recent years with the Pro Tour and the National Tour and how that has taken off and really become the Elite Series, what everybody looks forward to, what all the pros play, whether it's on the men's side or the women's side, everybody. Goes to that. So Todd Lyon, who was the major force behind this and talking about this, said, had this to say With the elite series be, uh, being the de facto proving ground for all the top players, we think it's appropriate to increase the emphasis on major and elite events and decrease the emphasis on A and B tiers. Makes perfect sense to me. Outside of some offseason stuff, I don't know of really. Any of the major pros that are playing BT, B tiers or C tiers. Now, you know, uh, who is it? Um Ulibari played uh Love at First Sting, which was that a B tier or was that a C tier? I I don't recall. But I from what I understand, that's close to where he lives. So if I'm in the off-season and I want to play disc golf in a tournament, yeah, I'm gonna play something local. It'll be fun. Go play your local course, have a have a bunch of fun. So With this, the top 10 finishers get points for majors and elite. So if you're playing a major and you win, you get 100 points. Second gets 80, 70, 60, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, 10th place gets 25. If you're playing an elite series, you get 60 points for first, 45 for second, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 10, 20, 15, 10, 5 for last. Well, 10th place. So that's pretty solid, putting more emphasis on a major than the elite because uh, there's only a handful of majors, So, and I think they limit it. It's a lot of fun like that. Going off of that, we've got the A tier, and this is only for a first, second, and third place finish. So you'll get 15, 10, or five points. Really straightforward. So if you are looking as a non-touring pro, To become the rookie of the year or player of the year, you better be playing a ton of A-tiers. Because just, you know, one person wins a major and you've got to win, what, uh, seven to get up there? Six? Math is hard. Whatever it is. Either way, if somebody wins an elite series, you got to win four just to tie them. Just to tie them. Yeah, get out there. Get playing. Have a lot of fun. Current MPO front runners for player of the year are Adam Hams and Raven Newsom. These two are both tied with 15 points. Drew Gibson and GT Hancock are tied with 10 points. So there's your first and third place people currently. I think what I'm gonna do is go first, second, third, fourth place. Depending on how ties work, you know. Could be six people tied for fourth place or whatever it is. I think that's how I'm gonna go through this and just kind of keep paying attention to that uh going forward maybe make this a monthly event say like second tuesday first tuesday first new podcast of the month is always going to be what tournaments are coming up for the month ahead so there you go keep you abreast of all the new a tier and above tournaments that are going on mostly the ones that are likely to be on youtube as either live events or recap events on the FPO side, we've got Lisa Fakis F-A-J-K-U-S. I am so sorry. I've never heard your last name said, so I apologize. Um, and also, Own Skoggins, Skogins. Again, I, I think I might have heard your name pronounced once on an event a couple weeks ago. I apologize for not knowing how to say your guys' last names. Uh, they are both tied at first with 15 points. And we've got Jennifer Allen and Stephanie Vincent tied at 10 points there at third place. Currently, there are no rookie of the year candidates on the MPO or FPO side. So that field is wide open. All you noobs out there, at least pro noobs, go ahead and get into an A tier because you could easily become the front runner rookie of the year in February by default. Now, tiebreakers. This is how tiebreakers work. So, If you are both tied at, say, 573 points, I'm just pulling numbers out of my rear end. I don't know how you'd even get a three, but that's just how things happen. You somehow manage to get a three, even though all the numbers are fives and zeros. But you're both tied at 573. How does that change? Well, we're going to go to majors. How many total points have you earned from the majors? Well, you're both tied at 201. Again, I don't know how you got that one point. Maybe you slipped a a fiver to the judge. But uh, yeah, you are tied. Well, then we're going to go to the highest rated round on an A tier or better. So at any tournament, what is your best rated round versus somebody else's rated round? Perfect. Boom. That is the second tiebreaker. Pretty straightforward. Pretty easy. I think it's a great way to really incorporate um, and kind of devalue the A-Tiers because, let's face it, most of the pros weren't playing that many A-Tiers to begin with. In a normal year with a normal Pro Tour, National Tour, and Elite Series events, there's not a lot of A-Tiers that they play. Now, there are A-Tier events for us mere mortals, us AMs, to play, uh, but... That is technically the same tournament, but different. You know, same, but different. As, uh, what was that terrible movie that, uh, that came out? The one that made fun of North Korea. Terrible movie. Anyway, Chu. We've got a host of new discs to come out here. We've got so many coming out. And that is... Our first couple here are from Discmania. We've got... The Mania Shogun. It looks like a mid or possibly like a six-speed fairway driver. This is something, it's got a really narrow rim. And the only picture that they have is an overhead shot. It is a, a clearish, you know, not opaque, a translucent purple. And so you can see the rim. It's something like, you know, one of those tiny rims. It's really hard to tell. It's only an overhead shot. It's a really crappy picture. I'm sorry to say, it's a terrible picture. I know you don't want to give away everything. You don't want to give away the whole, I don't know. You don't want to give away a trade secret or something. I Whatever. It's just hard to tell. It looks like it'll be interesting. Discmania also has the Rockstar, which looks like a fairway driver as well. This one has definitely a thicker rim. There's no question about that. Now, whether this is like a 9-speed or a 10-speed where that line kind of crosses there, fairway driver or, you know, distance driver. Who knows? But that could be a fun one. So I think uh, Shogun, that is, it's going to be a stable, reliable, because it's like a ninja. So boom, there's my logic. It's like a ninja. It's going to be stable. The Rockstar, I think this is going to be an understable fairway driver because Rockstars are very unstable. So boom, right there. Look at that logic. Logic right there. And finally, you've got the Discmania Astronaut. This is definitely a high-speed driver. This, this rim is like massive. It, is, it looks like as thick as you can get. Again, this is one of those translucent uh, images or discs there that you have a picture of. I think it is a great option. And the Astronaut, I think it's going to go far. I think it's going to be decently stable because Astronauts are reliable. There you go. That's how it's going to be. That is my super scientific way of telling you how I think these flight numbers are going to be. <laughs> so scientific here. We're, we're going to move on. We're going to move on. MVP Cypher. This is a fairway driver. You want to know how I know that? Because the picture said so. It said fairway driver. It didn't have anything to do with numbers. had no numbers on there. But it is a fairway driver. And given that it is a Cypher... It is a little shady. You know, cypher tactics, you gotta you gotta decode things. I think it's going to be a an understable disc. An understable fairway driver. I don't really know, but that's what I'm gonna go with because why not? We've also got the MVP beam. This is a distance driver because the picture said so. Um and because Yeah, the picture said so. So the MVP beam. I think this is going to be a neutral straight flying disc because a beam of light is just straight. A beam in your house is straight. It is load-bearing. This is going to carry your load with you the whole time. And if you disagree with me, then I don't know what to tell you because the numbers aren't out yet. And I need to set a reminder to see how close I am to what these actually fly like. We move on to the Axiom Rhythm. This is a fairway driver, again, because the picture said so. And once you get in a rhythm, once you get in a groove, once you feel the rhyme, it's bobsled time. But you also have a disc that is the rhythm. And because of that, because I could think of bobsledding with rhythm, thanks to Cool Runnings, fantastic movie. You guys should all go watch it if you haven't seen it. Stars John Candy. I think that's one of his last movies that he did before he passed away. Very sad. Bringing it back to disc golf, it's a distant driver, so I think it's going to be a little squirrely. I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna be an understable disc because bobsled tracks twist and turn, and that is how I got that. You also have the Axiom Hex, which is another disc that is a mid-range because the picture said so, and I think the Hex, those are generally bad, although you do have the hex pattern, so it's trying to fly a lot farther with the um, Latitude 64 discs that didn't exactly pan out that well. I think this is going to be a neutral flying disc because hexes are bad, but the hex pattern on the um, Rakuten and Mistlin caused it to be rather mm, unpredictable and unstable, so taken the bad which i'm going to call overstable and the hex pattern being understable i'm going to say that's going to combine into a neutral flying disc we also have by streamlined discs the jet this is a distance driver because it said so now the jet you could take this a couple different ways could it be like a fighter jet that gets all crazy or a stunt jet that does all these crazy things like the blue angels or more likely a passenger liner where it goes straight so i think this is going to be a long straight distance driver maybe a little stable um but not too crazy then you have the streamlined discs echo this is a mid-range because the picture said so and this is definitely going to be crazy overstable because when you hear an echo it comes back. So. Obviously, the Echo is going to go out and come back. It's going to be crazy overstable. It's going to make the Justice look understable. It's going to make the Anvil look understable. It's going to make the Tilt look like a catch disc, all right? That's what the echo is going to be, because Echo's come back. Or it's like a Dolphin. I don't know. Echo the Dolphin. Go play that on your Sega Genesis. And our last disc that we have here is the Cross Lap Disc Golf Park's Shadow Play. This is a putter, probably. Judging by the way the rim is curved and everything, It's it's got to be a putter. Um, I don't have much to say about that. Shadows are scary and sketchy, but I think this is going to be a eh, neutral-ish disc. Hard to tell, again, but that is going to be my guess. So we're going to see how far off I am once the actual numbers come out on these discs. Who knows? I don't. That's that's all I gotta say. I don't. So just taking notes here, just making sure I remind myself. And if you guys out there could go ahead and remind me in chat next time, or whatever, I could look it up and see how far off I am. <laughs> I think I'm gonna be. You know, a broken clock is right twice a day, a blind squirrel finds a nut. I think on some of these I'm gonna guess, I'm gonna end up guessing right, but other than that, I don't think I'm gonna be all that right. So let's move on to the last part of this fantastic stream, the most exciting part here. We're going to talk about a disc that I've actually grown to like over the days, and years, and weeks, and months, and time period, and minutes, and seconds. And that would be the Dynamic Discs Vandal. This is an understable disc. Its numbers are 9, 5, minus 1.5, 2. So, decently understable. You try to put a little too much power on this, and it turns and burns. Which makes it a great roller disc. I actually really like this. This is the disc right here. This Vandal Trilogy stamp from 2019. This is the disc that I've been using to practice and learn my rollers, which really does help. Um, I've tried to, I've tried to really get that. I feel like that's one spot in my game that has been lacking is having a roller or something like that. I've also thrown this a couple times on a big old turnover backhand, where I have uh, been pinned up against a tree line, so my forehand is absolutely useless, and I just throw this out on the rainbow, as Tomas says from Latitude 64, paint the rainbow, taste the rainbow, Skittles, and I did it, and it, I threw it with enough height, and not too much power, where it came back, and it had this nice, beautiful, it turned back flat, and came down, landed beautifully right next to the basket. I couldn't have practiced it any better, but I wish I did practice it. It is what happens. However, you know, it was a lot of fun. Um, But the disc is pretty reliable. I got it in the Lucid plastic. I think you could get this in Prime plastic, which tends to be a little more stable, but far less durable. You can also get this in the, um, uh, I think, Biofusion, which is a little more stable than Lucid. More durable than Prime, but not as durable as Lucid. Uh, I know Dynamic Discs is also coming out with their Eco Plastic, something that is uh, a little more environmentally friendly. But who knows when that's exactly going to hit. The hard part is with COVID, things have been so backed up. I know listening to Disc Golf Answer Man, those guys have been saying that they've got five shipping containers of discs coming. That's a lot of shipping containers. That's a lot of Frisbees. That's like five, 6,000 Frisbees easy. So it's going to be great once that all comes in. I can't wait for things to kind of stable out and us to get a more reliable supply of discs. There are a few I want to really try. I really want to get my hands on that Emac Judge. I really, really, really want to get my hands on uh, the Tilt by craft. I also want to get my hands on the Hydrogen Putter. Which, uh, if you are signed up to get that, if you pre-ordered that, they have pushed things back about a week. Because of the snowstorms that came in, that affected their shipment of materials to make the discs. So, from there, things kind of get pushed back. So, y- you gotta deal with it. It's unfortunate, but it is what happens. So, I think that kind of wraps it up for today. We talked about a lot of stuff. whole bunch of fun stuff here. Um, hopefully... This all was a good day for you guys and that uh, you learned something. Talked about a whole bunch of different things. I can't wait to get out onto the course. I've signed up. I will be signing up for a tournament here in March in Indiana. So let's hope that doesn't go wrong. Yay, Indiana weather. And hopefully things go well. That registration for me opens March 1st. So by this time next week, You will know if I got in or not. Thank you all for watching. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, all that fun jazz. Go ahead and follow me on anchor.fm where you can get the podcast, the audio version of the podcast, instead of just a talking head here on YouTube. I try to get that up same day as I record this podcast. I also am on Instagram and Twitter, as I mentioned before, at Joe's Disc Golf. Thank you all for watching. I can't wait to see you all in the next stream.